Hey everybody, Hashtag 59 here with our inaugural first podcast. We have the blog and now we have the podcast. Uh, Mike Rudd here, one of the co-curators of Hashtag 59. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I also have the other half, my better half of Hashtag 59, Amy K here. Amy, say hello. Hi guys. We are very excited to also have one of my good friends, and actually a fun fact about Mark here is he's so graciously, uh, the Northern Lights photo that's on the front page of our website, uh, so graciously donated uh, his photography credits to us to allow us to use that, so uh, on the front page of the hashtag site, the Northern Lights photo is uh, Mark's. Mark, say hello. Greetings all. So what we're doing today is roundtable discussion of Iceland. Iceland is this far, far, far away country that nobody can go to and is so hard to get to and it's covered in ice. That, that at least is the myth, I think, of uh, a lot of people that's slowly, slowly changing. Uh, and today we're going to go through all of our trips and we're going to do some rapid fire questions and we're going to get you equipped and ready to go to Iceland yourself. Our friend Meredith was unable to join us. She had a work thing come up last second. Uh, she's, her questions are going to be in the show notes, but a funny story. Uh, Mark, do you remember that book I brought along on our trip, the Lonely Planet book? Absolutely. Reference this thing, Amy, for every everything we did. I feel like for nine days in Iceland, <laughs> and it uh, it actually is the only one of us out of the four of us that are going to be on this podcast to have been to Iceland twice. Because <laughs> Meredith took that same book back on her trip and used it every single day. So all of us have been to Iceland once, but. The Lonely Planet Iceland book that I own uh, has been over there on two different epic road trips and has made it around the ring road twice. So uh, we've made the intros. I want to give I want to give it over to Amy first. Uh, what we're going to do is let each person give their five minute version of the trip, their summary, the experience, and what the, why they went to Iceland and what the heck landed them there. So, Amy, why don't you start off, and maybe if you want to throw in a couple uh, logistical details that I, I talked about, those myths about Iceland in yours that, to uh, educate the listener on how they can go, that would be awesome as well. Okay, sure. So, um, the main reason we went to Iceland is because my boyfriend is a geologist, and Iceland is not covered in ice. It's actually covered in rocks as well as a lot of moss. Um, so we ended up actually getting a really cheap flight from Boston. So I'm based in Columbus, but we kind of did a reconfiguring uh, where we just kind of took a flight to Boston and then took the cheap wow airlines to, um, uh, Iceland. Um, we ended up staying in Reykjavik for one night, and then we got a camper van, much like you, Mike. Um, and we actually did the ring road, but we went north first instead of south. So most people go south first, but we went north first. I'm not really sure why. We just decided we wanted to go north. Um, but we ended up 
doing that. And we stayed in some amazing campgrounds. We saw obviously waterfalls all the time. Um, we went off the ring road a couple times because you kind of have to, to find some of those, um, those places that you really want to take pictures of, um, certain canyons, certain waterfalls aren't really on there. They're kind of off of there. Uh, the other place we went to that was really cool was the Lake Medivin area. Um, so that was awesome. We went to the Scottafell National Park. We stayed there for two nights. We did a whole bunch of hikes. We went to the Jorgelson uh, Glacier. We went to, I mean, we really did everything. Um, we even went to the um, Golden Circle at the end, and that was kind of our least favorite part, I would say, just because it was so crowded. Very crowded. Um, yeah. And then we ended up back in um, Reykjavik for the last night. So we did a full seven days um, on that, on that, our trip. So I'll get into more of it, though, once we do some questions and stuff. Um, but we kind of did, I would say, like, what most people would do on the trip. I had did, who did you get your camper van with? Um, so we use this company. It's actually a smaller company. It's called Cozy Campers. And part of the reason we had to do that was because I do not drive manual cars. And, or, uh, yeah, so I needed a automatic. And a lot of the places, if you don't drive stick shift, you have to, one, pay more, which we had to do. And two, you're limited to a certain um, few companies. It's Interesting. We we use Happy Campers, which we loved. I'm sure Cozy Campers is awesome as well. We'll give them yeah. both a shout out in the show notes. We we uh, Mark, myself, and Greg. None of us drive a manual either. And, <laughs> but what we did was we made Matt our fourth companion on the trip drive the whole 900 miles. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it actually kind of worked out really nice for Mark, Greg, and I. But. Matt had to drive. Not, I think one one time we were about to go on a hike, and he he had just driven like five straight hours, and he's like, "I think I'm just gonna sit in here and sleep." Oh, that's awful. So, I wanted to do that, but Nelson, my boyfriend, was like, "I'm not driving the whole time." And guess what? He ended up driving most of the time because I was terrified of driving on the narrow roads and the one way um, bridges and the gravel roads too. So. Yeah, there was definitely some dicey roads. I'm glad I I pulled the I can't drive a stick shift. I've been doing that since high school. Uh, the the other thing, I mean, any there's there's plenty of different ways to see Iceland, but I mean, I loved the camper van scenario mm -hmm. personally, and I would highly recommend that to people. Yeah, I think it was the best way to do it, just because you didn't really know you had we had like a loose itinerary every day, but we didn't know exactly where we were going to end up. And so it was kind of nice because you didn't have to get everywhere. You could like take your time um, versus like having like um, hotels or little hostels yeah, along the way. Another, another nice thing about the camper van. So in Iceland, if you haven't been there and you're listening, the water there is clean anywhere, any fill up. So the camper van came with this, what was it? 10, Five or ten gallon. Yeah, it was it was a lar large capacity. I don't know if you guys had one in yours, but you could fill yeah. it up with wa clean water from a hose at any campground, gas station, restaurant, and being the uh, 
you know, A, we didn't have to buy water, which can get expensive, and B, we weren't contaminating the country with having to buy 40 cases of plastic water bottles uh, or plastic bottles the whole trip. So that that was really nice. And I, if you just had a rental car, that doesn't necessarily come with that. And the camper vans had um, the like mini fridge. I mean, it's a very mini fridge and a little bit of a, of a cooktop that we were mm-hmm. able to... I mean, we often cooked breakfast. I mean, we wanted to try the different restaurants, so we did eat out a lot. Um, the The food from the grocery stores is very overpriced, and it's really not that good. So I would recommend um, eating out. Um, but at, for just little lunches and breakfast, so we could get on the road and start heading to our next spot, um, we, we we did a we we utilized the uh, mini fridge and the the cooktop that was part of the ha- uh, the the van that we had. Nice. Uh, Mark, why don't you uh, you give your version of what we did, and then I'll give my version, yeah. and we'll see we'll see how they differ. Yeah, I, I I put a lot of different notes together, kind of on a, almost like a day by day journal. So I kind of have some details here that I'll go through. Um, I will say I will not uh, uh, pronounce these any yeah. of these names uh, Amy, correctly. You, yeah, you they're pronounce, not pronounced right. <laughs> pronounce these. Uh, you said yeah. like four things, and I was like, oh, that's how you say that. <laughs> Oh, no, I might not be saying it right either. Like, this is, I mean, I was definitely pronouncing things wrong, and everyone's like, they were always correcting me. Like, Husevik is like, it's not how you say Husevik. It's like, it's like something even crazier. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so here, here it goes. <laughs> but, nice. uh, but, yeah, so um, I did something similar where I flew into Boston. Um, I actually got into Boston super early in the morning, um, and then our, my flight went out later in the afternoon. Um, unbeknownst to me, because I haven't been a, a worldly traveler, that I couldn't check my luggage <laughs> in early. <laughs> so I ended up in Boston finding a, a hotel and leaving it with a, a bellman and then just went around and kind of did my own little mini tour of Boston for the day, then headed back um, to the airport. And it was a lot of fun. But then I met up with um, the rest of our group in Iceland. I think we got in, I don't know, like four or five in the morning, something yeah, like that. Early. Um, initially, then we went and hit up the duty-free store to, to grab some some booze for the for the road, thinking that that was going to be the best prices that we we're going to get. But I would say they were very reasonable to <laughs> everywhere else. And when I say reasonable, on, on the same page of you're paying $15 for a six-pack of beer. Yes. Um, wine, if you are a drinker, would be a great way to go. Um, but once we got checked in into the duty-free store, we hit up uh, the, the Happy Camper and picked up our, our van, um, did the Golden Circle. So we went south and did the, um, the eastern um, coastline on our, our truck through the, the Ring Road. And so we saw a lot of stuff um, up front. Um, the, the Ring Road, it, it was crowded. I mean, we were in shoulder season, as we, you know, as we yes. like to, to the saying, we use that term um, a, a lot on our trip. But, uh, you know... It, it was cool. Like I, I would, I would still recommend doing the golden, uh, the golden circle. But there were a, a lot of other things that we saw. It was kind of like a nice way to kind of just start. We kind of started small and and went from there. Um, so we, we started the golden circle, um, and we ended up. I think we camped in in self. Uh, I think self Foss that night, and we uh, just talking with the locals there. There's a person that uh, was camping next to us named Guga who uh, actually ended up being a tour guide in, I think, was it Reykjavik that she was a tour guide in? Yes. Um, she gave us some ideas. So one of the things I would recommend is talking with the locals, especially early on in the trip and, and, and getting some ideas for that. 
Um, but after the Golden Circle, the next day we really we started on the Ring Road, um, and just the drive itself is just amazing. As Amy said, there's a ton of waterfalls that you can see, um, you know, just from the Ring Road. But then also you want to you want to get off. Um, we ended up uh, stopping at oh I don't even know how to say it. So a handle foss, handle foss, <laughs> and that one was neat because we actually like, you're able to walk behind the waterfall, and then there's another side little waterfall that you could go in this little cavern and see up, and it was just a really really neat area. Um, and then we headed to uh, a Skogel Falls, uh, both definitely worth a, a stop. At uh, Skogel Falls, we did uh, we did about a nine mile hike, um, and it was it was amazing. Um, that it's a spot that you could really spend a, a full day. Uh, and I know I'm following people on Instagram and different photographers. And anytime I see an Iceland picture, I start following that person. There are some absolutely breathtaking um, pictures of Skogelfoss, whether it's during the spring or in the winter when it's frozen with the northern lights behind it. So if uh, you're following people on Instagram, I'll definitely try to try to check out some of those pictures. Um, from there, we, we, we after... Uh, Skogel Falls and our nine mile hike there. We ended up uh, doing the hike word to the plane wreck that was on yes, the beach. That's a must. It was so cool, but it was at the end of the day, and I think we were on mile maybe 11 when we started. And it's like, oh, you can see the plane wreck, it's right down there. Um, and you used to be able to drive right up to the plane wreck, but what, as uh, the tourism has increased in Iceland, um, you know, there's just people that weren't treating the lands you know, very well. and throwing trash and different things like that. So they have a parking lot that is a mile or two mile hike, but it just seemed to go on forever, especially with the the, the I, winds. I think it's yeah. actually a 5K, is maybe. It? It's a 5K. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's awful because, yeah, you can see it, and you're like, we're almost there, and you're like, you're not almost there. And we'll put in the show notes how you can get to this plane wreck. A little background on that is it's a, it was a U.S. naval plane that crashed in the 60s. No one died, and it crashed on this. They say it's a farmer, but I don't know what he's farming Rats. on that ground. Had to be right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's on his private property, so the plane is still there, and it's just on this beach, essentially. It, it's a really interesting thing to go see so we'll put that in the show notes because it's not it's not a tourist destination in terms of you don't pay a entry fee to go into a park or it's not a monument it's just a plane on a guy's property and there's a parking lot that you have to find on the side of the ring road yeah i would like like i said super cool definitely worth uh, a stop um after that we were pretty spent i think we did 15 miles plus that day um and so then we ended up, we stayed in Vic that night, uh, which was really, really neat. Small little town. Um, and there, I think there's two main restaurants there. And we flipped a coin and ended up going to, I, I forget the name of the one restaurant, but it was good. Like, I mean, eating out in the restaurants, it, you get a little sticker shock, I would say, from the prices on the menu. But then when you take into consideration that um, tax and tips already included in there, I think it's, it's pretty reasonable. Um, and that's where I had like my first experience with Iceland's love for soup. Everywhere you go, there's soup and we had cauliflower soup that night and it was amazing. That was so, amazing soup. <laughs> so I, I would recommend getting soup <laughs> wherever <laughs> you go. Um, I mean, that probably will add another 10, $11 to yeah. the meal, but, uh, budget, budget for food. It's worth it. Um, so we left Vic and headed to uh, Jokulsalaran or something. The ice, the ice lagoon. <laughs> yes, the, 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 the Jokulsen. Jokulsen. Yes, that that works. 
Um, and we made a pit stop <laughs> in this other this other area where there's like these arches. Somebody, I think Google was, was telling us that we could see puffins there. Um, and it was one of those, I was like, oh, that'd be sweet. We didn't see any puffins there. And that was our first experience with the um, Icelandic wind, where when we were at the happy camper, they told us, you know, whenever you park, park into the wind or your doors will get ripped off. Or, and we were scratching our heads like, what? All right. Well, we, we pull into here and we see why the winds were just out of this world. Like I have never experienced anything like that. We actually did end up seeing one person's door get ripped off, but that was not um, at this stop. I think that was at the, that the was gym, later, but yeah, it happened. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, park, park into the wind. Um, but that, so we didn't, we didn't end up seeing any puffins. Um, so, but the arches there were cool. I mean, just to seeing the waves crash up on you, you could see the, the, the black, uh, the black beaches of Vic. Really, really, really neat. Um, and then we, uh, we we ended our our day with a skidafell um, hike. This was just a small hike, and then set it up camp in Savinafell. Savinafell, yeah, I remember that. Yes, um, and so that that next day is when we got to the glacier lagoon, um, and that that place was amazing. Just, to, I mean, it, you still have the the black sand beaches. You have these little uh, glaciers that have broken off, um, and they're just kind of floating in this little area. But then you can you can see out um, into what is the ocean? You see off the yeah. coast yeah. and the ocean there, and it's uh, the the waves were just enormous. So just that area, you could spend a lot of time there. They do boat tours to glaciers. Um, there just out of, out of timing, we didn't do it because I think it was like a three or four hour trek. But they take you to the glaciers. You can kind of, I think, get out and walk on them. Um, and it seemed pretty cool. People seemed to to enjoy that. Um, what well, one other thing about the ice lagoon, Joe Joe Cold Salon, uh, <laughs> you know, go with what Amy said. Uh, it uh, there's day trips from Reykjavik yes. for that, and that would be a haul. I would really recommend renting a car or a camper van if you're going to go there because it's about halfway almost halfway around the ring road and going to Vic and going to some of these other things that we're talking about uh, ripping out to just see that ice lagoon and come back would be a really vicious day if you only have a day and you really want to see it go for it but I would really recommend uh, taking taking an extra day or two in there if you can't go all the way around the road yeah absolutely um, so after we left the lagoon, we went to Escalafel and did the Hellenius Loop, and we'll get some of these words in the yeah. show notes. Yes. Um, this was one, uh, and I can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I recall, this was one of the, the hikes that we did a side hike on, and we actually went out and touched a glacier. Yes. Um, and that was super cool. It was also eye-opening to me, too, because I didn't even see, I think of glaciers, I think of just huge white ice and it was actually really dirty just from the sediment that it's picked mm -hmm. up as it's moved so it was almost a, it was a, a dark gray like a grayish yeah. a dark gray black t t you know to a point given um you know the the sediment that it was picking up some um, of the, some of the hikes we found i i felt like i would really recommend looking at lonely planet and some other blogs outside of ours ahead of time because there's some gems out there that just aren't it's not as though you're going to Yellowstone National Park and they have a list of great hikes in Yellowstone in Iceland. It's just people's and we'll get into this later, people's backyards like these people who just own a little bit of land and anybody's welcome to come on there but it's they're not publicized. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so we ended our day in, in Hoffen um, and went into town that night. Um, we got cleaned up uh, probably for the first time in a, in a while <laughs> and, and went into town and ate at the, the, the pack, pack House, I think it was called. Um, really, really cool. cool kind of a cool little beer room underneath where you can wait until you get seated. Um, and we had some fresh seafood there. Uh, I think we had smoked trout was at that one. And it was really, really, really good. Um, so that was... So that Hoffman, great spot to to stop into. Um, then we, then we did a hike at uh, Staffafell, um, which which was really it, it was a cool hike. Um, I believe that was the one. Um, well, like the first part of it was really neat, and then the second part was a long, lonely hike with not much view. But I still remember from that hike coming coming up like a little bit of a mountain ridge, and then seeing out, and there's like just these green mountains in front of us that were just breathtaking i've never seen anything anything like it um it, it was it was pretty neat um and then from there we went to eagle Sador, which i would say in eagle Sador there's not a whole lot um but what i loved about eagle Sador is we went to the guest guest house um which is a hotel too um and we had an amazing dinner there and that's where we saw the northern lights yeah so that's that's why that's near and dear um, did you did you guys spend the night there? We did. Did you guys stay like in the town? Outside of it, in the in the campsite. Yeah, so we were gonna stay there, and then we I picked up this like random map somewhere, and it told me that there were better campsites like on this lake. Oh, we so we left the that the like, lake, the, and the we lake. went to this like lake outside of Eglisacor or whatever you call it. The, um, and we stayed on this beautiful lake, and no one else was there. It was not open actually when we were there. That's yeah, we that's, ours wasn't either. Oh. It wasn't open. We were like, whatever. We're just gonna stay here anyways. <laughs> there's your there's your tip for yes. tip for the trade because uh, the people there are amazing and nice. So. Yes, <laughs> the uh, so the Northern Lights. If you if you are traveling there and you want to see them. We went. We went mid September. We went the week after Labor Day. We got to see them for what two hours one night by chance. Amy, yeah. did you guys see them? We did not. We were there in the end of May. Okay. And so that was like I think that was just too late. So I I think it's really we were kind of fortunate and lucked out that we Very saw them. Very beginning of it. This I season. think really if you want to see them, you need to be getting there October through March. Yeah. Time frame to really. Make sure if you're going there to see them. And we yeah. were, we were very fortunate because we had clear skies that night. So after that, we were really pumped up. We're like, we saw the northern lights. We didn't know if we we're going to get to see them. They're out. This is going to be amazing because we're we're heading north at this point in time, and we're going to have some great views of it. Um, but then it ended up being uh, rainy and cloudy and overcast. And so we couldn't even see stars the next two oh. or three nights. So that was a little disappointing, but at least we got to got to see them once. So uh, we, we left Eagle Sador and uh, ended up making our way to uh, Detrafoss, which is known as uh, Europe's one of the most powerful waterfalls. It was neat, but I would probably not recommend doing it, only because the road out there was so bumpy. This potholes after potholes, and you're... It was like a 30, 40 minute drive because you could only go like 15 we miles lost, per We hour. lost a hubcap. Yes. Um. Yes, we did. <laughs> but we did randomly find a little shop to stop off in, which was pretty cool because they had, it looked, it was like just a plate, like a little, it was a, it was a coffee house on the side of the road in, the, in there. It was a lady's house though. Jill still thinks that we, 
went in there and like <laughs> kidnapped her and made her make us coffee and pie. Oh, the pie was yeah. good. Yeah, uh, but the the thing about I would say about with Detrafos is uh, I think there's here's something by the time people are going there now. I believe there's now a different way to get there. Okay. That doesn't include that road. So when you're looking to go to Iceland, because the waterfall's amazing. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember the road being that bad. So there was two sides, There was though. two sides. So when you're doing your research, perhaps Amy... She was going the other way, though. You so might, she would have got the other side. You might have got the other side of the road going north to south. So if you're going south to north, make sure you look at the road for that. Because it is it is a 45-minute one-way really really bumpy gravel road and i would say if you have a sedan i would say only like camper van or four yeah. or four by four should be going on that road mm-hmm. yeah i mean and that that part of the trip was was neat though too just coming around that northern you know the northern side as we headed to was akariri and yes. just like you're just driving it almost you, you feel like you're in outer space and yeah. just everything out there, you're like, wow, this is so weird. I've never seen anything like it. Then you come up into the geothermal activity, and that's one of those where it's like, oh, wow. And, and it's almost like boiling mud. Um, definitely worth a stop. Very, very cool. Um, but it does – I mean, if you are if, if you can't handle rotten egg smell, and I was probably the worst one of our group that I'm just not good with it. I mean, it's you really have that sulfur in the air. But definitely want to check out that area. Um, like I said, we ended up in the um, Akureyri. We did do a nature bath up in that area, but before we got to Akureyri, Akureyri was neat because that was probably, what is it, the second largest? Second largest city. Yeah. Yeah. And Iceland is 325,000 people, but like 150, 175 live in Reykjavik. Yeah. And then- yeah, when we, were, when we were getting our camper van, the guy we rented from, we were like, oh, we're going to Akureyri first. And he's like, I've never been there. Yeah, I don't think they. Leave. Like, it's like three hours away. How can you never been there? I think they leave very much. Uh, Akiri, a couple other things about that that stood out to me were, yeah, it's the second biggest city, which is only twenty thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Ma- near there is Mavatan, mm-hmm. and the nature the nature baths nature there are baths. actually natural, whereas the Blue Lagoon, which is like Iceland's big time tourist thing, those those are actually not really. Man-made. Man-made, yeah. female-made nature baths. Uh, so if you're really dead set on getting the all-natural experience, you need to, you get to go to Mavatan mm-hmm. and not the Blue Lagoon. Uh, the other thing about Curie that I loved was uh, we did whale watching. It was amazing. It really was. We got so close. We saw so many different wh- or so many whales, not different whales, but um, so many whales. Um, it, was, it, was, it was really, really, uh, really neat. Did you guys go whale watching, Amy? Uh, no, we and we were even in the whale watching capital of Iceland, which is uh, Husavik. Husavik. We didn't. Yeah. Um, we, you know, because we did it on such a budget, we just did not do any extra tours. Uh, if I were to go back, though, yes, I would love to go whale watching. We also all were not there during. I think I read enough about it where we were not going to be there where there were going to be whales at the time. Okay. From what I remember. So we went. We went with. Uh, we'll, We'll put the company we went with in the show notes. We saw it was a an hour and a half, two hour tour, like thirty minute boat ride mm-hmm. each way, and then an hour just out there with 
What do you think? There was a dozen humpbacks that we just followed yeah. around and just watched. I mean, I got some great pictures of that too that we can post. So. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was it was neat. One of the things that we haven't mentioned, maybe we could get it, maybe it comes up in the rapid fire, but um, one of the things that I don't think we took advantage enough of was that all these campgrounds there's like a community house where people can come in and cook. Um, people <laughs> play cards, just kind of catch up for the night. There's shower houses there. Um, there was people from all over the world, yes. and we ended up. We did it like two nights, but we should have done it every night. And we should have done been more proactive in like meeting up, talking with the other groups, and getting to see what, hearing about what they're doing. Just get to know people from different parts of of, of the world, and getting to see their, you know, hear what they've been doing on the trip, and getting recommendations from them. Part of it, we were That's kind so of. Funny because- when, when we were, like, on the northern part, we didn't really see any other people, like, at our campsite. Like, when we were up there, like, we would get there, and no one else would be there. And then they'd show up at, like, 10 p.m. or something, and we were already, like, going to bed. We had some pretty um, late late arrivals, I guess, probably, yeah. too. With yeah. Them. But, it yeah, it is. Our, a couple of our campsites were really crowded. And we, we did, do, like, we went in and played cards and, and drank and talked to some people, too, like, probably two nights out of, like, eight. But, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say if you're doing the guest houses and the campsites and there's other people there, there's all these vagabonds and wanderers and hikers and road trippers that are just out there doing the same thing. And it's just a great connection point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then, so, just kind of in the interest of time, moving on, we actually ended up down in, in, in Reykjavik, and uh, we had a we had a blast there. We ended up, I think we were going to do more on the, the western coast, but we, at that point in time, were like, well, we want to spend some good time in Reykjavik, so we ended up kind of cutting that western coast part out and heading into Reykjavik so we could have uh, two nights there, um, and that, that town is with the shopping and the retail and, and, and the bars, and, and people don't go out until like 11 o'clock at night, which was interesting a lot of people i think they drink at home and then and then they yeah. go out um, yeah but that it, it, it's a cool city it really is. it is uh so the things i would since mark and i were on the same trip the things i would just add in i flew from columbus to new york with matt and then we flew new york to reykjavik it's only a five it was like a five and a half hour flight super easy western europe is so much i mean for people who are not you know, not into like long flight times. Western Europe's close. It's yeah. really, really close. And Iceland's probably the closest of them. So don't be dissuaded by that. Uh, the Golden Circle, you know, Amy and Mark both mentioned that. It is, what that is, is three huge landmarks uh, within 40 minutes of, of downtown Reykjavik. So you could, if you were just in Reykjavik and you want to get a little nature get your nature on, if you will. Uh, you can drive out and probably take a bus even. I'm sure they have bus tours. And they do. Tons of bus tours. <laughs> so it, it is cool. It's a, it's a, one's an amazing waterfall. Then there's the geyser that, uh, Stroker, I think is the name. Yeah. And then the last part is the Fingal of Air National Park, which is where they first built, uh, or it was their first, like, the, const- the first Icelandic constitution was made, and there's tectonic plates that are uh, ripping through Yeah, well, the that's where crust. the tectonic plates come together, at Silfra. And you can actually dive or snorkel between them. I heard that as well. Yeah, but, but the cost to do it was the same cost as our plane ticket. So, we- <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, so those are those are the two things that jump out to me that I would add in. Uh, the other one, my from my personal experience was I was training for a half marathon when we were there, and I had to do one long run on the trip, and I did it in Vic during a rainstorm on the black sand beaches with like forty mile per hour winds. It would have been probably one of the most iconic, amazing runs I've ever done in my life had we not been up till three in the morning <laughs> and there was forty mile per hour winds going on, but. Uh, it was one of the hardest runs I've ever had in my entire life. So if you're training for something there, try to just take it. Don't stick to your schedule. The day that there's not a lot of wind in the morning, just do your run that day. And probably the only I would say, yeah, the one we we went from Akurie back to Reykjavik. If it's a perfect world, I would have given us like two extra days on the yeah. whole trip so that we could have gone up to the Western Fords a little bit. And the, there's the place called the Snell, Snail Felness Peninsula. Yeah. There's a peninsula. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, saw, we saw a ton too. So yeah. uh, let's, let's do some rapid fire questions. I think we hit some really good points, but these will get into uh, specific ones. And hashtag 59 readers, if you guys have for future podcast rapid fire questions you want us to answer all you're gonna have to do is comment on here let us know uh tell amy or i and we'll include those in future ones if we think they're cool so <laughs> yeah right well, they got to be a good one right amy yeah that's true that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's go around let's go amy mark and then me we'll keep the circle the same uh for my obsessive compulsiveness going on but uh so rapid fire question number one your favorite experience in iceland um so there was one day um i think it was after we left the lake by eglis core or whatever it's called um our map like our google map actually took us off of the ring road and it was a shortcut road um it really wasn't a shortcut because it was all um, gravel, but it was maybe the most amazing road I've ever been on because it went up the side of a mountain and down the other side. Um, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And unfortunately it was also cloudy. So I couldn't get a very good picture, but it was what I imagine. I've never been to Hawaii, but it's what I imagine Hawaii, like the side, like a side of a mountain in Hawaii being like, um, it was amazing. And awesome. after we went down that, we like had to stop for like 15 minutes because we were so like shaken up because the road was so bad. Yeah. I think we might've been on that, that road as well. And it was yeah. one of those where you're you, like, you want to look out, but then you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> Definitely the diciest part of the drive. We did, you know, the ring rose 950 miles and that part was the diciest part, I think. But yeah. at, like Amy said, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, what do you got, Mark? I think for me it was just Eagle Stador. Um, yeah. It was the, the dinner was one of the best meals I've ever had in my life, um, and then being able to see the Northern Lights. Um, and I, and again, I, now I just have that itch that I want to see them again and brighter. And you want to get away from as much uh, um, light pollution as you can. We got as close as you know. We couldn't drive at that point in night. Um, we had a couple a couple of cocktails beforehand, and so we just walked into the field where we got away from as much light as possible and it was it was amazing. But I know there were some people that are going off to like an airfield or something like that that had no lights. Um, so I would say Eagle Stador. Nice. Mine would be the hike above Skogafoss. 
which Skogafoss is one of the huge, massive volcano uh, waterfalls in southern Iceland, and you hike above it, and we we hiked probably. I think we probably hiked five or six. I bet it was more than even. I think you said nine. I bet it might have been longer. We hiked for hours going one way, and it was just waterfall after amazing green pastures into mountains and glaciers. It really was, and we didn't even know the hike was there. It doesn't really even say, but there's just a trail, and you can just go for days. Uh, it almost diminishes the amazing nature that Skogafoss, the waterfall, is if you go on that hike. So for me, that was being a huge hiker. That was my favorite one. And is that the hike that you could actually go 20-some miles to another town? Like we yes. saw biker, people yeah. on mountain bikes coming through. Yes. Um, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the funniest thing on the ring road was were the people like biking around it. You we while well, we all took camper vans, hashtag fifty nineers, you could also bike around that thing if you yeah. wanted to. I'll pass. So what's uh Amy, what's your best off the beaten path recommendation? So I actually have two. Um the first one is the Lake Medavin nature bass. Um mostly because it was way I mean, it was not crowded at all. Um, and there were a lot more uh, Europeans, I would say, there than Americans. Um, and then also on the southern side of Iceland, the hidden pool, it's called Seljavang. So somebody made this pool, but they it's out of the, you know, the um, natural baths. Um, even if you don't get in, which is kind of gross if you get in because the bottom of it's all mossy. Um, but even just to go there, it's like a 15 minute hike to get there and just to like see it because it's like between um, like these two mountains. It's in a valley. It's just really beautiful. Awesome. Mark? For me, just the side hikes that we did, stuff that was um, not really labeled. You found one, actually, which I hope you talk about with the farm. That we, which I'm sure you will. I, I'm going to next. Yes. And, but like, just one of the side hikes, I just remember we were like, oh, there's some waterfalls over there. We went over there and it was like a waterfall coming. There's three waterfalls, but it was like a waterfall coming down and it then moved over in another waterfall and then another waterfall. And we went there and just had lunch and it was so peaceful and relaxing. Uh, I think that was, I mean, I, I don't have a, a name for any of that, but it's just like if you're on a hike and you see something you want to go explore, go explore. There's not really natural predators over no. there. So um, outside of the height, of the, the mountains and whatnot, or almost hills, um, and falling off cliffs, that's your only danger. I actually drank the water out of the stream yeah. on that on that hike as well. Uh, so mine would be actually one of these side hikes that Mark's talking about. We did, it was the glacier hike and trail to Skalalafell Jokusel. <laughs> I will put it in the show notes. Uh, so we actually showed up at this guy's house. And this guy opens the door, and he's six foot ten and looks like Eagle yeah. from Frankenstein. And I go into the house with them, and they were joking around the van. They're like, "That's we'll never see Mike again." <laughs> but it turned out to be this amazing experience, and this is what I would encourage you to do when you're there. We found it. He actually has a guest house, and that's that's why you would even open the door. And I just walked in, said, "You know, I saw your thing in Lonely Planet." And he had me sit down at his living room table. His wife was uh, cooking breakfast, and he printed off uh, a map of his essentially his backyard. It was mm -hmm. his backyard that that's so cool. Is like forty square miles, and the Grand Canyon lies lies within it. Yeah, 
and he just gave me the map, and we talked for a few minutes, uh, and that was it. And that was so that would be my that side hike going in there, just knocking on a stranger's door and being greeted with warmth and energy was is my best orthopedic path. How about Amy, the Icelandic tourist trap that was totally worth it? Well, again, I have two. Um, so. I didn't really like the Golden Circle just because there were so many tour buses. Um, but I did like Golfoss, which is one the main waterfall to see there. Um, and then on the other thing was going to the top of the main church in Reykjavik, um, just because this it was like our first day. So we were like, let's just go on the top and see what it's like. And it was really nice because once you get to the top, you can walk all the way around so you can see everything in Reykjavik so you can kind of like see which way you need to go for certain like to go to certain restaurants or you're like oh that's where all the stores are and things like that awesome Mark um let me think here <laughs> where, where were we on again tourist, tourist, <laughs> trap, tourist, tourist trap. trap yeah <laughs> I was just thinking about how amazing that sounded it was completely blank <laughs> Like, I need to do that. That's going to be my answer to another one of these rapid-fire questions. Um, the tourist trap, I would say, I, things in, in Reykjavik are just expensive, but it's definitely worth the time to spend in there. I mean, you're looking at, like, we went to the Big Lebowski bar. Yes. That was awesome. That was and I'm awesome. a huge Big Lebowski fan, so that was amazing. And so I had to order a white rush, or a Caucasian, and I think it was... Uh, Twenty-two dollars <laughs> for uh, a little oh glass, but but it was worth it. <laughs> so that was mine. <laughs> mine, mine would be the Jokol Seron. Say it for me. <laughs> Can you? How do you say it? The Jokolson. Yes, yeah. that. Yes. That. I what Amy just said. Also, be saying uh, it wrong. So. <laughs> that Ice Lagoon. I'm trusting you. I think you're right. Uh, that Ice Lagoon. <laughs> People, like I said, people go all the way from Reykjavik for it. There's tons of buses. There's tons of people. And it, it was, it's on the ring road. So it's a tourist trap in that, like, there's no way you're not going to go there if you're on the ring road. It was worth every minute we walked around that place, I thought, for hours. So that, yeah, that was really cool. And also, um, just on this, the subject of that, go across the street because you can walk on the, um, like the black sand beach and there were tons of like icebergs just like laying on the beach. Yes. Um, so we got really beautiful pictures there that was too. Probably, that was probably, I think some of Mark's best photos from the yeah. entire trip. Cause he's far and away the best photographer out of the four of us that was out there. Yeah, no offense to our friend, Matt's panoramic. <laughs> All Matt does, we actually nicknamed him Panny because all he does is take panoramic photos the entire trip and then he never uses them or posts them anywhere. They just go into la-la land on his phone. Uh, Amy, best restaurant or meal you had? Uh, so there is this place in Reykjavik called Browd & Co. And they have the most amazing cinnamon rolls. So get up early and go get one of those. Um I personally don't like lamb hot dogs, but if you like lamb and you like hot dogs, get the Bergen Boots hot dogs. They're like everywhere. Um, we also went to a couple of really cool bars. There was one called McKellar and Friends, and it's on like the third floor of this old house in Reykjavik. Um, and then this, there's an underground bar we went to called Micro Bar. Um, but be forewarned, 
the beers are twenty dollars, like everywhere. Yes. Like you guys just said. And the white <laughs> and the white Russians are twenty two dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless of course you go during happy moments, mm. which is their happy hour, then it's like ten dollars. Nice. I don't think we found any happy no, moments. No, we didn't find any happy moments. We were so happy. You would be surprised. Well, they last a long time, actually. They were like from four to like seven or eight. We were at a bar that had a big wheel, and Matt won like six pints. Yeah, that, so was, that was, wow. was nice. Yeah. How about how about you, Mark? I, I, I talked about the the goose, goose house or in Eagle Store, but there was a there was a soup. I think it was a soup place in our Reykjavik, Servata Cafe. I think it was. And it was a bread bowl, and they have like two soups for the day, and it was one of the best soups I've ever had in my life. So I would I would say that would be the. The place I'd recommend. I uh, my best meal and restaurant. You mentioned it earlier. Was in Hoffen, the pack the pack house pack house mm-hmm. restaurant. <laughs> I got I got a grouper or flounder that a fisherman who was also a chef there was cooking that day, and the dessert. I don't even really eat dessert. It was some type of feta with ber- berries yeah. and dark chocolate and. And then they had these sweet potatoes and vegetables with it. Anyway, it was one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. So if you go to Hoffen, that's two that's two recommendations to the Pakus. And if you're going to eat out, there's only like two other restaurants. So it's pretty easy to find. <laughs> Amy, how about one thing you wish you had done in Iceland, but you're going to do on your next trip to Iceland? I mean, since we did this on such an, like, an extreme budget, I think next time I would probably do a glacier hike. Uh, I would probably snorkel between the tectonic plates. And then I would also definitely want to go to that, uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, the Snellifles Peninsula. Nice. Um, I mean, I just, I really wanted to go there just because it was kind of like off the beaten path, but we just did not have enough days to do it. So. Great. Those are great feedback and tips. Mark? I'm going to do the church. Nice. <laughs> and Amy's talking about it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just taking a slower pace, because um, the way we did it, we saw so much, which was great. So now we can kind of, I would, if I went back, I'd kind of fine, fine tune it again. Yeah, spend some more time on that, like the northern, western um, coastline. Um, you know, the, the the Blue Lagoon, we didn't go to, and that has to be a big time tourist trap, but it's like, ah, you know, why, why, why not uh, check tourist that? Tourist traps can be fun. Yeah. You know, and I, and I believe there's some places in Iceland. I think we even looked it up. Where um, I mean, they're expensive, but it's like a hotel that's for like seeing the Northern Lights. And I think they have like glass ceilings. They're just in different. Yeah. Tiers. I, I would do something. I would do something like that. Nice. I would do that too. I changed my mind now. I would do one of those too. <laughs> Outside of Amy's church tour that she's gonna give me when we go there, uh, I would I would go with. I went to the. Iceland Museum of Photography when we were in Reykjavik one day and I saw an exhibit of farmers in the western fords and I just fell in love with that place even though I haven't been there it's a very desolate it's probably the most desolate area other than the middle of Iceland which mm-hmm. nobody lives in and it just really the stories of the people there kind of caught me so that would be I would probably want to go there right away on my next trip how about, Amy, your top outdoor story or experience, outdoor-based from Iceland? Well, I mean, pretty much the entire trip was kind of outdoors. But when we went to, when we got to Husavik, that was like our very first night. 
Um, and so we walked into town and we had a couple of beers on like these like docks, like right there. And it was amazing because like right across the bay were these like beautiful, like ice capped, you know, glaciers and mountains. And it was just phenomenal. And I mean, I took, I have a picture of it that everyone's obsessed with. Um, that was amazing. And then also just spending the night, um, we stayed two nights in the, um, Scottafell national park just going on all the hikes there and I mean, paying $5 for five minutes to shower. I mean, that's a crazy experience as well. Um, <laughs> but you know, cause it was expensive, but it was just, I mean, the fact that because we had that camper van, we could just, you know, camp pretty much wherever there was a really cool place to stay. So, I mean, it was just, I really liked it. It was really fun. Wonderful. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the farmer's house where, the, you know, we, we hiked in the backyard. But I, mean, I just remember even just driving the ring road, it, like, at one point in time, I don't know what Amy was saying, like, it's so beautiful. It's almost like it, you're at, like, Big Sur. And then next time, you're you, next in an hour, you're in Mars. So, I, I mean, we started, we wanted the, the Glacier Lagoon. So we're seeing glaciers to, like, Big Sur to Mars and then boiling mud. And it's all within an hour and a half. And yeah. It's like, yeah. wow. It's stuff that I would have never you imagine seeing so just the drive is just amazing itself i think mine was that that glacier hike that we took in halanas be, because we got to be so close to the glacier we were, literally we probably saw in an eight mile hike 15 other people and one thing mark had mentioned there there are no predators in iceland and you know probably on a future future podcast, Mark and I will be on here again talking about our recent trip to Glacier National Park where we carried bear spray everywhere we went. Mm -hmm. And I've been to Arizona where you're running or your eyes are running back and forth on the trail to scoping for rattlesnakes, uh, which is great. It's part of the beauty of the outdoors. But it was kind of calming to be out in the middle of nowhere, way off the beaten path on these hikes, knowing that there's not going to be a bear or a snake or any other dangerous poisonous animal lurking around the corner ready to attack you they have sheep in iceland they have birds they have reindeer the horses and they have horses, horses. Yeah. i mean that, that's really it so that that would be mine uh last last one best tip you received before going to iceland that was extremely helpful when you arrived i'm guessing this is maybe everyone's but it's buy your alcohol at the duty free nice and also, if you want, like, snacks, get them at the Bonus, which is the piggy bank grocery store. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> it's the cheapest one. We went through a lot of cool American uh, chips when we were there. Which which is uh, what they call... Cool Ranch Doritos. Yes. So. Oh. <laughs> I didn't actually receive a whole lot of advice. Because I was busy with work just getting ready for the, so that I could leave for 10 days. Um, and just let Rudd plan everything. So <laughs> I, I really appreciate, you know, that. But... Like, yeah, um, some of the things I've kind of already hit on, you know, if, if you want to have some drinks if, um, before you go to the bars and different things, like wine is a lot cheaper than beer. Um, so there's going to be, a, you know, be ready to spend a, a decent amount of money um, on food unless you're going to, you know, want to eat from the grocery store. But I think literally a pack of bacon was $28. Pretty so we, we tried to stay away from that. We basically made uh, scrambled eggs in the morning with some avocados. Um, and that was that was good to get us like through the, the first part of the day. Rudd brought a lot of uh, different uh, bars too for us to eat on our hikes. Lar bar shout out yeah. right here. <laughs> the, the free water too that Mike was talking about. Fill up your Camelbacks so that you have water on on these hikes. 
Um, and then, oh, you know, always order soup in the restaurants. So nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mark, Mark, I don't, I don't even know if I had a bowl of soup. He made up for it. Yeah. Uh, clearly. My, my tip was actually partway through, drink wine if you're going to drink. When we were in Hoffen at the Pacus, my favorite restaurant, Matt and I decided we were just kind of tired of drinking beer. And the beer is really expensive, especially if you want to drink some craft beer because they have to import all the hops to make it there mm-hmm. is what we discovered. But I asked for a glass of wine and this server, first she started laughing at us and poured Matt and I what I would describe as a half a bottle of wine and it was four American dollars. And she, they were really giggling though when they gave us the wine and I, I started talking to them. Well, it turns out it's not very manly to drink wine in Iceland, and oh. <laughs> basically no men do it. So they just thought it was hysterical that, like, any man who does drink wine in Iceland typically will do it like in his in their own home. So they thought it was hysterical that there are these two American <laughs> guys going up to the bar and actually ordering red wine and like being excited about it. But that was our experience <laughs> to figure out that. Wine is really actually reasonably priced there, mm-hmm. so uh, that that would be once we figured that out. I actually was able to go on another trip later in the year because I wasn't out of money from buying craft beer in Iceland. Mm-hmm. So one of the things too is I think we haven't and we've talked about it, but the Lonely Planet book, yeah, um, was amazing and it, it really really made this trip special. Absolutely, I agree. Like I said, it's been there twice. Uh, went there for Meredith's trip and uh, went there for my trip. Amy, you have anything else you want to add before we go? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Well, Mark, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, the Northern Lights photo, too, on our website. And Amy and I actually do have to go because we're going to a hiking and happy hour meetup for Hashtag 59. But uh, summary, go to Iceland. We hope we gave you a lot of tips. If you do have additional uh, the show notes will be in the form of a blog blog as well. You'll be able to comment on there. Let us know. And thanks for being thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of the hashtag 59 community. Amy and I are excited about what we're creating with you guys. And we have another podcast coming up next month. I'm leaning towards wanting us to do the Great American Road Trip, but we'll get to have that conversation. And uh, we'll let you know when we decide what that topic's going to be. Uh, Signing off. Thanks again for listening. Peace out, everybody.